everybody, and welcome to episode 273 of Video Game Apocalypse. I, as usual, am your host, Michael Raparez. Who else is here recording in this theater of the mind that we've renamed the Tyler Wilde Memorial Studio with me? Uh, I'm Chrissy the Titmouse, and I love chili dogs. And I am like Chuck Norris in the 1993 classic Sidekicks, Matthew Allen. And rejoining us after our long hiatus, it's special guest... Hi, I'm Heidi the Weebatron, coming back after, uh, after not being seen for a while. Back due to fan demand. Yeah, Heidi Kemp's everybody. Give her a big hand. Uh, or to answer for your sins. <laughs> yeah, fresh off inciting fanboy rage with your review. Oh, did I miss oh, something? Oh What'd dear. you do? What'd you do this time, Heidi? I reviewed. I, I made the criminal mistake of reviewing Sonic Mania Plus not as a complete package, but as DLC. And as DLC, it's like, eh, this this could have been a bit better. Even you, could have, I, you could have stopped it. I made the mistake of reviewing a Sonic game. I was just about to say. <laughs> I've made that same mistake. I know. <laughs> like a game For that a was game garbage. That... <laughs> yeah. For a game that you wouldn't think I'd catch any blowback from, but uh, mm. Sonic fans are a capricious breed. Yeah, interestingly uh, enough, I mean, Sonic plays nicely to the theme of this week's episode. It does, especially because of that expansion, because among other things, it adds new sidekicks. Dude. And that, along Dude. with this week's Far Cry 5 DLC, Lost oh, on Mars, is that uh, lets you play from? as uh, Nick Rye, a side character, and Herc. And uh, also, the recent release of Captain Toad has mm. given us a spate of games that starred uh, what were formerly side characters. And that that inspired this week's theme, which which Matt thought up, so blame him for <laughs> any, any problems. Yes, I, I actually, you mentioned Captain Toad. Uh, he's an interesting one, because he, he debuted in, what, Mario Galaxy on Wii in 2007, then he was just known as the Captain of the Toad Brigade, uh, but he was—he mm. still felt like a very minor character in those appearances. It was kind of like, oh, go find him. He's—he's he's lost in this world. Um, he's a moron. We hate him. But then, but then, like, yeah, then eventually, he—he he got his own levels in Super Mario 3D World. So what? All of like five people got to play those. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And and then and that basically he got his own Wii U game that was based on those levels. But again, Wii U, so not many people played it. So it's great that it's on Switch because it was some. It was one of the better games on the Wii U system. And and it was. It's it's really cool little. Like it, it's not well. It's like kind of puzzle platforming, but more just like puzzling. In yeah, these less worlds. platforming because you don't really jump as Captain. Yeah, you, you just can't. kind of find your way around the levels, which are you, they're cubes usually, and you can kind of rotate them mm-hmm. around and see them from different perspectives. It would yeah. after talking about Moss, it would I think that would make a really good VR game actually. <laughs> oh, absolutely, sure. Yeah, well, Nintendo if has Nintendo you know, ever the, wanted to do VR? Yeah, they did. Nah, they, they they did VR. They've innovated enough this decade; they're done. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was I was kind of looking back, Nintendo. Has a history. I, I would say Toad, Captain Toad, is far from the first character that they have spun off into their own series. If anything, most of these beloved Nintendo franchises we all are familiar with are spinoffs. You know, if you it's want, true. Michael, a, I can start to go down some of the list. It's true. It's uh, true. And I, I just I want to say this as a little plug for thirty twenty ten. This week we discussed. It's ten years since the last spin, the last game from this spinoff character. I want to see if he's on the list. Okay, so yeah, the first one I have, um, 
technically, he's sort of a main character, but Luigi did get his own mm-hmm. spinoff with Luigi's Mansion back on the GameCube mm-hmm. days. And then he it also... It took him that long. That, well, yeah. I mean, he was always just player two <laughs> before then. Mm-hmm. And then he also got super or new Super Luigi U back in the year of Luigi. I don't, do you guys remember that E3 where they had Charles Martinet in the booth just doing Luigi yes. voices? Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually, like, as a huge, huge fan of Luigi, I was all about that shit. That was amazing. Still waiting for the year of uh, Waluigi. Uh, speaking of uh, Wario. <laughs> Never happened. Uh, Never happened. <laughs> <laughs> they hate Waluigi like all good people do. Uh, I mean, speaking yeah. of Waluigi, the Wario is another spinoff character. He, he was originally the antagonist in Super Mario Land 2, uh, Six Golden Coins, if you want to get technical about it, on Game Boy. I do. <laughs> we he, only ever get technical on this show. And then he was the protagonist in Wario Land, Super Mario Land 3 on Game Three. Boy. And, eventually, and that was... That's the one. Wario Land Shake It is 10 years old this uh, next week. and oh, has, damn. And it's the last Wario uh, platformer game ever, which is only odd if you grew up in a world of Wario. He had on almost every platformer. He, he had a, a Nintendo platform. He had a side-scroller of some kind. He had a Virtual Boy side-scroller. Yeah. Right. I, I think part that's Mario the did. platform you want to have a side-scroller. <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. laughs> that won't get you dizzy and, and cross-eyed at all. That won't... Um, no, eventually, sure I think one of the reasons every is... Every hour. Well, he had WarioWare Inc., which debuted in 2003, and that kind of... Sp- it was like, well... Maybe this character isn't big enough to support multiple genres and series, and so he had his own thing. And, and the WarioWare games, I'm glad we have them because they are some of the most fun I've had on handheld systems ever. That's wonderful. Much. Yeah. Uh, just going down the list, you know, Diddy Kong is another one. He debuted in Donkey Kong Country. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I will say the history of the Kong family in general is, is kind of, <laughs> depending on who you believe, Donkey Kong might actually be Donkey Kong Jr., so that might count. But no, Diddy Kong, eventually he was featured in Donkey Kong Country 2, which was called Diddy Kong's Quest. And then eventually he got Diddy Kong Racing uh, in 97 uh, on N64. Yes, um, the best kart racing game on Nintendo 64. Now who's going to get hate mail? Uh-oh. Mm. Um, I mean, Donkey Kong, speaking of, is sort of a spinoff, even though if so the original Donkey Kong is named after him. He's actually the antagonist. You never get to play as Donkey Kong. Um, the first time you got to play as him, uh, actually, anyone venture a guess? The first time you got to play as Donkey Kong. Is it Mario Kart? Well, uh, technically, it'd be Donkey Kong Jr., wouldn't it? No. no not not no. Donkey Kong proper. No, that's Mario Kart. He's, that's Donkey Kong Jr., too. Yes. Right. Oh. So technically, most people might say it was DK Country in 94. The real answer, it was Donkey Kong Circus for Game & Watch in 1984. Wow. A full 10 years before <laughs> Country. Are we counting yeah. those as games? I mean, yes. at the time, they were very... It was cutting-edge tech. It's it's kind of like a watch display at this point. It, well, yeah, I'm not going to... Game & Watch invented the display. D-pad. We have it to thank for the crossbow. Yeah. That's All true. Right, I'll, the I'll the control the cross, as it was called. Yeah, bend the knee to Game & Watch, Chris. Please do it. Uh, Peach is another one. She's, she'd been in Mario series for years, was playable in Mario 2, but she it took her all the way until 2006 on DS to get Super Princess Peach. Um, mm. And then, That one was a little, uh, I don't know, it's like, oh, she's a girl, so her powers come from her emotions. And Umbrella. She cries to make things grow. I just I just bought that for a friend's daughter. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a really I, good game. I swear she she sent me a pitch. It was just this girl like I wish Mario was a girl, and then she like came back the next time I saw her like because I showed her all this Mario Odyssey stuff, and was like I had this pitch. We meet Mario's sister, and I'm like that's 
That's fucking brilliant. Jesus Christ, why has no one ever thought to give Mario a sister? No, I'm pretty sure there's a DeviantArt page for that. Yeah. <laughs> also, also oh, um, there was She's the, pregnant uh, all over. I'm pretty sure there's a, there's a Pornhub genre for that now that now that we mentioned sisters. There were also the, uh, the Gianna sisters, which were a straight-up clone of Super right. Mario Brothers for Commodore 64 that got that company sued, and yet those characters are still around and had a game release recently called, like, Twisted Dreams or something like that. Fun fact, uh, Gianna sisters' engine is also what the Bubsy revival runs on. Oh, my. Mm. So well, it's that's, funny. that's enough to cast it into the sun, then. It's funny you mention... <laughs> It's funny you mentioned almost getting sued because one of the characters on our top five, I think the biggest Nintendo side character spinoff we haven't mentioned yet, appears on our top five, and he was inspired by someone that was a blatant Pac-Man ripoff, and that's all I'll say. We'll, we'll say more when we get there. Hmm. All right. Well, we should probably go into the top five proper, which we'll do right after this. Take a look at your phone bill, people. I know I'm pretty careful with my mobile service, yet my bill has still gotten a little out of control. Well, there are other options out there, people, like Ting, the best mobile service you've never heard of. Plus, they're offering $25 off your bill or $25 off a new phone in the Ting shop just by going to laser.ting.com. You might not know about Ting. That's Ting like Ting! If that makes any sense. You might not know about Ting, but they're a phone service uh, that do things a little differently, starting with their plans. Because there are no plans. Seriously, there is no plans, no contracts, and no startup fees. You simply pay for the data that you use. If so, if you're like me and you're someone who's mostly connected to Wi-Fi all the time, you might be paying more than what you need to for your data right now. For example, the average Ting bill is just $23 per phone. And Ting offers nationwide LTE coverage, so you'll get a great signal from coast to coast. And just so you know, almost any phone will work with Ting. From that ancient Motorola Razor to the latest Galaxy X9 or iPhone 10, you're just a SIM card away from a new phone and a new plan. So if you've had it with the high cost and hidden fees of other service providers, Ting might be for you. And better still, laser timers can get $25 off their bill or $25 off a new phone just by going to laser.ting.com. That's the word laser, T-I-N-G.com for $25 off your bill or a new phone. And we're back with what, Matt? Uh, this is the top five side characters to get their own game. Please note, we're not saying these are the best games of all time. They're the yes, top we five. are. No, no. This <laughs> is no, unquestionably, the best games of all time. There are no other games in the universe than these it's, five. It's these the are, format of every show. I don't understand. Exactly, yes. <laughs> we're are, definitively these, saying these are the five best games to play this week. Yeah, do not question not us. Ever. Do not challenge Don't. <laughs> Basically, we're saying don't fucking add us. Please, don't add us. Yeah. <laughs> um, so We're just idiots with a podcast, that's, okay? Well, to, to clarify even further, I, I typically like to go over some ground rules for the list, if you don't mind, Michael. So the first is this character cannot have been playable as the main protagonist in their debut. So this mm. would disqualify... Someone from the Metal Gear Solid series. Uh, who would that be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would that would disqualify Raiden, who got his Correct, right. his own game after already getting his own game. Right. The greedy fuck. It's where people sort of refer to it like, "Oh, that's Raiden's game." I'm like, "Did you not play the second half of Metal Gear Solid 2, which was him? Not even the second half. The after the first fifteen it's minutes. True. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, I mean, and then and but the character can be playable. In one or two levels. I mean, that happens all the time. It's sort of like their debut. They might go over and, and, and cover just some side story element, but it can't be like the, it can't be the whole focus of the game. So a good example of this would be, um, you know, like Sonic and Knuckles. Like Knuckles was half of that game. So mm. yeah, 
Although, wait, refresh my memory. Did did Knuckles come out first? Like, I always get confused which one of those two games came out because Sega sort of eventually retconned and almost blended the two games together. Heidi, you want to handle this one? Uh, are we talking about... We're talking about Sonic 3, right? Sonic 3 and Knuckles, yeah. Sonic yeah. 3 came out first. Uh, it has an interesting dev history. Like, they... They had these big ideas for the game, but they had to get it out in a certain time, and eventually they they hit a point where it's like, ah, shit, we're not going to make this launch date. So what they did was they uh, essentially cut the game in half, uh, decided they were going to put the other half of the game on a cart that essentially acted as a lock-on patch, and to kind of sweeten the deal, like, make it so that it would also put uh, Knuckles in Sonic 2. So that way, you know, you're not paying... You're not just paying $60 for half the game you should have had anyway. It's, uh, you know, you're getting a bonus value for uh, for mm-hmm. your money. It was uh, DLC before there was DLC. Right. It's DLC with a, with a physical upgrade. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, by default, disqualified because it was too confusing. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, the character can be an antagonist in a former game. And for more info on that, uh, reference episode number 255, Antagonistic Protagonists. Um, ah. They can be side characters, sidekicks, helpers, wingmen, what have you. Thank you very much. They can be all of these things. Uh, the spin-off, it can be in the same genre. It doesn't necessarily have to be. And we, we just sort of, I, I think we ended up with a list of like, should we rate this on the characters or the games? And we ended up with just the games. Uh, so let's just uh, stop the explaining and jump in with... <laughs> Number five. Behind every great hero, there is always a wisecracking, obnoxious nincompoop. This is his story. Oh, any guesses what this might be? Is this hmm. Daxter? All right. Everything with more than two legs start trembling. Because the Daxtonator is in the building. It is oh, Daxter. Dude. It's, for, it's... I remember for years, like, this was like the one must-have PSP game. Like, any time yeah. that the PSP came up in conversation, like, oh, I've heard really good things about Daxter, or like, you should play Daxter. That's really amazing. Yeah, this was the first one that came to my mind, just because I was like, okay, side characters that got their own game. It was always Jack and Daxter, and then there was just Daxter, which, even at mm-hmm. the time to me, didn't that sort of feel like the most 90s thing ever, even though that was all the way in 2006? It's like, wait, so the side character is getting his own game and you're just calling it his name that felt like an 80s movie move well his <laughs> name got dropped from the title of the second game so it was and just jack right. two yeah jack two yeah. and jack three yeah so it kind of made sense that it would just be daxter uh made by ready at dawn studios which went on to make the god of war games for psp which were also amazing but uh this was a fantastic debut where it uh it took place i think in like a few months before the beginning of Jack 2, where like Daxter's been taken into this futuristic hell world and kind of just fucking around telling stories to support himself. And he gets a job offer that he does not appreciate at all. Would you like a job working for me? I'll make it worth your while. Forget it, buddy. I don't know nothing about exterminating, and I hate bugs. Although, I can always fake it. Hey, what? You take it. Wonderful. Meet me at the shop tomorrow. And that's how you get a job, kids. <laughs> I I wish... I feel like we should hate Daxter, but I really like... It's Max Casella, right? I really like Max Casella's voice work. 
mm-hmm. in the game. But I, maybe I just really like Benny on The Sopranos. Well, well I was actually going to ask you, Chris. It get, it's giving off a strong Roger Rabbit vibe to me. And so, it, yeah, it, yeah it, it definitely feels that's sort of when I was talking about, like, the 80s feel of this character. It harkens back, although I will say a friend of the show, Charlie Barrett, included this character on a list of lazy character cliches of animal. And, and it, it was an example of an animals with attitude in a 2008 article. So 10 years since Charlie called do you him reali- out that. Do you realize like all that shit is coming <laughs> back to haunt us because like no one's written pieces like that on characters anymore? Every time you go to their Wikipedia, it like links to our top seven where <laughs> we're just being fucking snarky 20 year olds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I, I once looked at like Don Flamenco from Punch Out and his Wikipedia entry like links back to something I wrote about how he's perpetuating the stereotype that Spaniards are hot blooded Latin lovers and yeah. I, I couldn't I couldn't hear you through that rose in your mouth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's one of those uh, I'm, I'm linked back to the Wikipedia for uh, King Hippo in an article I wrote called Gaming's Greatest Fatties. <laughs> we all have shame. <laughs> we're all re- we're all redeeming ourselves for something. <laughs> Oh, wow. oh dear. Yeah. Own so your mistakes. I mean, real quick, just about the character of Daxter. So he is Jack's best friend and appears in those games. He is, in the first game, transformed into an otzel, which is half otter yep. and half weasel. And I get the, the whole first game, Precursor Legacy, is about trying to change him back. Yeah, and you obviously fail. Yeah. But it's okay because I think it's eventually revealed like, oh, he's one of the most powerful beings in the universe it, somehow. Right. It actually changed him into a precursor, which I don't know mm-hmm. if that was in like that was called the precursor legacy. And then you didn't find uh. out about the precursors until Jack three. So I could that be one of those things where it was like George Lucas? They said, no, no, I, I intended that the whole time. Yeah. See, yeah, that's yeah, that's maybe, maybe and that's a, a pretty good. Would you rather like, would you accept all the superpowers in the universe if you could only fuck animals for the rest of your life? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I feel like answer maybe, the comments. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like maybe Daxter was originally created to kind of show off what the PS2 could do with like curvier yeah. polygons because he like has this very uh, flexible wiggly body. So like yeah. you can see like in the original game, Jack is like using him, throwing him around in like these uh, combo throw moves, and uh, it's 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 kind of neat to behold. Well, like like Matt said, it, it has a, a like a Chuck Jones squash and stretch stretch yes, cartoon yes. quality. Uh, and we hadn't really seen a good version of that with polygons before. Yeah, I'm expecting um, it, him to, to co-star in a music video with Paula Abdul at any second. Yeah. <laughs> Two steps forward. Two steps back, baby. <laughs> Definitely had the attitude for it. But I, I do like uh, listening to the just the, the cutscene lines in Daxter because it's one of those games where like every other line is a gag or a reference to something. In my day. We hunted bugs with style and class. A more elegant weapon. A more civilized time. It's an electrified fly swatter, of by course. the way. <laughs> yeah. Who was that fucking poor man's Dick Van Dyke, too? That I don't know. <laughs> and, and maybe, maybe and let me Clashy. throw this out there. I really like the Jack and Dexter games. Mm-hmm. Um, but was, was Jack boring? Jack was uh, silent, wasn't he? He didn't really he, talk In the first game, he was silent. Yeah. He was just yeah. a silent elf protagonist. And then he got his voice in the second game, and it was just like, I'm going to kill these fuckers. Stop fucking with me. <laughs> I don't know if he swore that much. That might be creative <laughs> license on my part. Yeah. But uh, he was he was very like he had a little goatee and was very much like I'm a tough guy now and I have guns. No. So he was hanging out with uh, the prince from Prince of Persia for, for his Kinda, second yeah. second yeah, yeah. version of the game <laughs> of the Riva. 
And I think we, we addressed that in uh, edgy sequels to cute games. Oh, there you go. That was. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. the trend at the time. I mean, speaking of trends, there was an entry I almost put on the list because in my mind, I always combine these two games. I almost put on Clank, who eventually got Agent Clank, just because he was sort of of the same vein of that action platformer style uh, and... Again, in my mind, I always conflate the two. It's like Jack. Which one was that? Was that mm. Ratchet and Clank or Jack and Daxter? They're the same game, really. It's just little differences, for sure. But, for sure. <laughs> I mean, since then <laughs> no, he did appear. Uh, I mean, he's appeared in those games. He had a. I can a, tell by the silence, y'all were taking me seriously. They're not the same game. Disregard that. No, no. In my mind, I told you, I already do confuse yeah. the two. Um, but no, he he appeared in what the PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale. Uh, mm-hmm. And because it was a Naughty Dog developed game, he he's kind of made a, at least one cameo in an Uncharted game where they kind of have a picture of him on a wetsuit. That's the wetsuit brand is Otzel. So uh, yeah, Daxter uh, yes. lives on in the modern era. Although Ratchet and Clank got that surprise reboot, still no Jack and Daxter reboot. Yeah, it's sad. Maybe maybe someday we'll see. And there's always uh, Lost Frontier, which I don't know if anyone actually played because it wasn't by Naughty Dog. Ah, uh, um, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And was only for PS2 and PSP at a time when PS2 games were kind of losing favor. Mm. Oh, that's always mm. sort of a bad sign for a franchise is, hey, let's get this last-gen thing out and just mm-hmm. ship it. And it's like, hmm, how come you didn't put it on the new system everyone's talking about? Hmm. Hmm. Well, anyway, let's move along to a character that we can all recognize and love. <laughs> Number four. <laughs> That was a bit loud. <laughs> uh, that is a sample from this character's first game, and I'm going to play a sound of that character talking, and I guarantee you will probably still not recognize him. I know uh, it, it's that, that, that uh, coke. That is uh, fire, fire Rand, right? Holy yes! Oh. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, good pull. It's not the cocaine-addled clown from Metalocalypse? <laughs> <laughs> I do cocaine! No, it's it's not Dr. Roxo. Dr. Roxo, that was good. <laughs> but yeah, Firebrand uh, was, or, or the Red Aramer, depending on uh, whose translation you go with. Was They're different, a, apparently, don't ask. Uh, oh, are they really? Yes. Or is... I think Firebrand is a Red Aramer, but he's yes. just called the Aramer in certain versions of like the fighting games that he's yeah. in. But uh, he got his origins as a really fucking irritating enemy in the original Ghosts and Goblins. Uh, that's your oh, sound like right now. That's him flying around and shooting little fireballs at you, and he'd fly in like these arcs that were really hard to avoid. Just uh, uh, unpatternable through walls, like holy <laughs> shit! Just that the game. cheapest it, enemy. I got a panic attack just hearing those sounds. Like it brought me back, and I was like, "Oh god, oh god, I'm gonna get hit." Because it, you know what sound you're gonna hear next? Uh, yeah. That's the sound of being forcibly disrobed. I, uh, I love Ghosts and Goblins so much, but it, I hate saying it like this, but it'll be one of those things kids don't understand, and I hope they never do. Yeah. Because it, it's just like, it's meaninglessly hard. But well, it was, apparently, it's always a staple of that of that entire franchise. Oh, yeah, honest. absolutely. Even when it kind of, I'll, I'm going to talk in a bit about how the franchise morphed, but even with Maximo, when they kind of kick, kick it off again on, what, the PS2 era, that was mm-hmm. like the hallmark, is it's like, it, 
It was the Dark Souls of platformers, kids. I hate to say it. But no, I was telling Michael, this was the first game I ever rage quit. Just straight up threw down the controller. Almost broke the controller with that sound he just played because you could barely get out of the first level with that game. And then when you made it to the second level, that was like a triumph. It was, as a kid trying to play Ghosts and Goblins on NES, like, forget about it. Apparently, I found out while I was researching this, there is a trick to beating him. That, uh, or at least it'll work in Super Goals and Ghosts. I don't know if it'll work in the original Ghosts and Goblins, which is that you uh, move away from him until he's like half on the screen and then wait for him to drop down and he'll like march back and forth a few times and then he'll charge at you and when he does, you just let loose with everything at him and you can destroy him really quickly that way. Oh, that's right, because you can only have so many of your projectiles on the screen at the same time, so if he's mm-hmm. coming at you and you can push yep. the button really fast. Exactly. Huh. But we're not talking about Ghosts and Goblins necessarily, although that is where he debuted. A he much got better his, game. <laughs> his own series called Gargoyles Quest. It started on Game Boy, where he got to be the hero in a world of monsters, and it got a sequel on NES, and it got a, another sequel on Super Nintendo, which I think yes. is one of the most underrated SNES games, or yes. possibly overrated by me, which is Demon's Crest. Yeah, he kind of hit the Nintendo trifecta. He, like He was on mm-hmm. one of each platform at the time. That yeah. game is fantastic. It's it may be the most playable Ghosts and Goblins game. Period. <laughs> that's, that's what I, yes. I was going to talk yeah. about. It's Ghosts and Goblins is this weird franchise that. So putting on my marketing hat, this is like a brand marketer's nightmare because it started as Ghosts and Goblins, and then they just kept changing the name. So then it became <laughs> Ghouls and Ghosts, right? And then it became, and then they had the Gargoyles Quest series, which of course they had to subtitle Ghosts and Goblins because who the fuck would have known it was that? And why would you mm-hmm. have it starring an enemy from the game? And then I, I mm-hmm. mentioned earlier, it it eventually morphed into Maximo. So Ghosts to Glory. Ghosts. What the hell? Like, why not <laughs> just pick a name, stick with it? Because they all have like it's the same universe. They have the same tropes. Like, what is? I. It feels really weird. It's, it feels almost like a like a. Some some creative like lead on the titles are like no no we have to call it something different and the brand guys are just like why are you doing this to me like SEO out the window <laughs> I think yeah but we were living in a Miss Pac Man world around this time but she's at least called Miss Pac Man that's true that's true <laughs> <laughs> it's it's still in a different uh, section of the in the alphabetical arrangement but uh, yeah I, I can't like I just love one of my fondest memories of of Capcom working at Capcom is like that game I didn't realize how important it was to people a little older than me like if you were into like horror and gothic shit like that was kind of all you had going or at least it looked the best at the time like Ghosts and Goblins it's hard to imagine the arcade game looking the best like oh shit it's a scary game well, so, it looks so, like, a hell of every, a lot better than the NES version. I'll say that for yeah. you. Yeah, and, and then every once in a while we'd be trying out a game and somebody like old from accounting or like cert- certification would like, oh, is that Ghosts and Goblins? It would come over and like rock our shit. May not have played a game in like 10, 20 years, but had mastered Ghosts and Goblins. Yeah, it's probably still in their muscle memory. Yeah. Because that's yes, the only yeah. way you can beat that game. Yeah. It's one of the um, most it's one of the most fun speedruns I've ever been a part of. Chris, I was hoping you might know um, what's the reason that they kind of switched and started giving Firebrand the the series. They basically handed it over to him and said, "Here, now you be the star." Like, why why him? Why get no, away I, I, from the knight character? Like, what happened there? Because his no, head is very erotically shaped. <laughs> I have no insight <laughs> there. I I only have uh, speculation in that I think it's just a much cooler character than a. Dwarf Knight. Yeah, like, <laughs> he loses his who, who's in underpants every time he takes yeah. a hit. Those are cool underpants. Yeah, just heart, like that was that was pants. like other than the 
other than the boss, Satan, I think is his name in Japan. <laughs> like, there's no real standout character in the series other than Firebrand or a Red Aramur. Mm, yeah, I mean, the zombies, maybe, just because there's so many of them. Um, but I, I do like uh, that That series kind of went dormant for a long time, but uh, both Sir Arthur and uh, the Red Aramur or Firebrand came back in fighting games. Firebrand was actually, I think, a, a boss in SVC Chaos, uh, Heidi, you can probably weigh in on that. Uh, yeah, SVC Chaos is uh, kind of trash. Don't play it. <laughs> <laughs> but he can, uh, if if he beats you, I think he can turn you into different monsters, as opposed to like Athena, who turns you into different animals. Um, yeah, the, but also the weird thing about SVC Chaos is that clearly a lot of effort went into packing this awful, awful game with some really interesting fan service. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, like the fact that uh, Dan looks uh, astonishingly like uh, Ryo Hibiki. Wait, you're you're confusing uh, Ryo Sakazaki and, and Dan Hibiki with each other, which I oh yeah, yeah which, yeah, which right. is yeah. hilarious, Asshole. all things considered. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes, Dan Hibiki and Ryo Sakazaki. Yes, and we're forgetting uh, and, if we're, like the and the also game, Robert Garcia. The, the game we all forget <laughs> about, which I wish had, I wish had a good port. Because even I haven't played much of it is Ultimate Ghosts and Goblins uh, mm. for PSP, right? And like that disappeared like immediately, but that that's a true Ghosts and Goblins game with plenty of Red Armors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, but Red Armor is also in uh, Marvel vs. Capcom three and Infinite. Infinite, mm-hmm. I think, is where those uh, sound clips of him yelling came from, <laughs> uh, where he's he's just a much better character in general in a much better game. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a character to, to play as, he's kind of a cool protagonist, and he can he's got the claws, he can cling to walls, he can kind of. It's, there's RPG elements in that you can hover for a short time, and then you get better upgrades, and you can hover for longer and longer. I think mm-hmm. eventually, indefinitely, and then he can shoot projectiles. So, I mean. Yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, he's not a bad character. It's just weird to me that they all no, of a sudden he's a really switched. Cool character. They switch from. It's not even like a boss character. It was just like this minor enemy in the game. Like, here you go. You got three games, kid. Make him make it work. Yeah. Well, he, it's it's interesting because it's sort of an earlier example of like you're not even a particularly good guy. You're a demon out for power, <laughs> uh, especially in Demon's Crest. So it's just like, yeah, you, you can find these things that'll let you transform into different kinds of demons, but ultimately. You're trying to, like, uh, other demons ganged up on you to steal your power, so you're taking it back and get, then getting revenge. Like, you're not, a, you're not a good, you're not a heroic demon, particularly. You're just, you just want to be the best demon. You're the boss of demons. Hmm. Yep, that's how demons work. You're, you're making it sound really fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> it is really fucking cool, goddammit. No, for the time, it was really weird. Like, everything... Even when they did that, like, oh, the bad guy had a change of heart, and, and now he's, he's you know, mm-hmm. like, they might have teamed up on him and threw him out of hell, and so now he has to fight his way back. But in this, is just like, no, 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 I'm still bad like one of you guys. I just want to be worse. Mm-hmm. I want to be the best at being bad. <laughs> That's right. So I can kidnap princesses. That's how the, the plot of all the ghosts and ghosts. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's move on to a less morally ambiguous character. Number three. Eureka! Alright, if that, if that wasn't enough, here's some more. Objection! Uh, oh. Well. <laughs> Are we talking Apollo? 
No, uh, no, 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 no. That that is uh, Edgeworth. Oh, Miles Edgeworth. Miles yes, Edgeworth. yes. That's right. Ace Attorney Investigations, Miles Edgeworth, which mm-hmm. came to DS and apparently nobody played, but has been since been released on iOS. So if you wanted a second chance to get your hands on it, I thoroughly recommend grabbing that version. Download it to your phone. It's like ninety nine cents for the first episode, uh, and it's still very playable. What about but the sequel? Because that was Japan only. Yeah, yes. uh, there may be but maybe a if it fan sells really well, translated version of it available mm. ah. through. Yeah, it was never officially these. translated because of uh, poor sales. You don't want to know why? Because you all stole Ace Attorney games. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> How even do you, not everyone did. I don't. Well, you had to, what, I guess, unlock your DS. Like, how do you even steal a D? I don't know. It was you get way an R4 easier. Card. But you buy you buy one of those carts. It was so easy, and uh. and that was that that system was one of the last ones that had like an emulator simultaneously available when the system was at its height. Didn't hurt the DS itself though. That thing is still one of the most successful systems of all time. Yeah, I think I think Nintendo probably waited to completely abandon it until like that piracy was just so rampant and easy to do that it's like all right time to move on miles edgeworth made his debut in of course the first phoenix Wright ace attorney where he was a complete dick and uh, you kind of the, the game did a really good job of making you hate him and then like partway through it did something to humanize him and after that it's just like yeah, no, Miles is Miles is actually an old friend. He's he's really a good guy deep down. He just employs terrible tactics and he talks like a complete prat, which he <laughs> continues to do in his own game. He just kind of has snide mannerisms and and uses a lot of uh, fifty dollar words. And I think I may, might have. Uh, created a small meme when I uh, tweeted out a screenshot from it where he says, now I'll touch the logic button and uh, remember the facts of this case. And, <laughs> like, <laughs> how is that not a meme before? So you, you mentioned like, yeah, he was, he was originally so, sort of a prick and then they humanized him. Um, mm-hmm. His original design, he was just going to be this 36 year old kind of veteran prosecutor. That was your, you know, your rival. But the reason they dropped that, it was just not interesting enough. So basically, he was just like us and wasn't interesting enough. Oh, no. <laughs> that he has a law degree. Yeah. 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 I, I do like that he seems to fit a, a weird Japanese archetype. He's sort of like the Chairman Kaga of the first Phoenix Wright game, where he like wears this gigantic lace cravat and just this big imposing uh, great coat and he, he dresses like someone from like the late 18th century well, I, I love basically. there's actually a reason behind that though it's that backstory you mentioned um, basically someone murdered his father when he was really young and then he, mm. he bases his appearance on who actually raised him right which is uh, I think it was the guy who murdered his dad it was Manfred if I'm remembering correctly it was Von Karma murdered his dad and then like, took him under his wing Ooh. and he styles Spoilers. himself after that well, it gets even even weirder or even kind of more tragic is Edgeworth thought he killed his own dad. And that yeah. led him to being a prosecutor instead of a defense attorney. And now, Heidi, you might remember this better than the rest of us. There was a DLC episode where he left like a suicide note at the end of the first Ace Attorney, right? It was just like... Miles Edgeworth can't go on living or something like that. I do not remember this oh at all. This in like hmm. one of the re-releases? Because, man, I, 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 I do not, I would remember that. It was, I'm sorry, it was a DS exclusive missions, I guess, when they re-released the game on DS. Uh, there there was, uh, for the first time in the US. 
There right, was right. an extra case, but it didn't really have anything to do with him. So, I don't know. That's just what I found in my research. I could completely be wrong, in which case it wouldn't be the first time. But he, nevertheless, he did appear again in the follow-up Justice for All and Trials and Tribulations. And I do have to commend Capcom for the strong pun game for the Phoenix Wright series. Fuck that. I, my, they rejected my title. You named one? Or you wanted to? No, there, there was an internal, uh, I guess contest to name the game and um we'd only seen like an exploding courthouse on like trial by fire which is a better name for dual destinies <laughs> but i think they named they named i think several cases trial by fire throughout the series mm. so they couldn't use it so brett won brett uh, named uh dual destiny oh. so speaking of bad puns or bad law puns uh there is a clip i'd like you to play michael of this is related to a Miles Edgeworth cameo that appear that happened in uh, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Miss Walters, your witness! Soon the defense will rest, her fist upon your face. <laughs> so that was She-Hulk. Uh, and the reason mm. I put that, that's actually before she fights Phoenix, but uh, Miles is, uh, is an, makes an appearance in She-Hulk's ending of that game where she appears as the judge in the court and then makes her ruling and slams the gavel so hard that it completely breaks uh, the dais or the, 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 whatever the platform judges sit on. Uh, and, and Miles and Phoenix are left trembling in fear and hugging each other because they're terrified <laughs> of her. That seems, seems like a nice upgrade from the usual clueless judge who has to have basic things explained to him in great detail. Yes, yes. Uh, but yeah. I will say the most interesting thing about Miles Edgeworth and the reason he made this list alone uh, is his appearance in other forms of media, uh, which includes this little gem. <laughs> So what was that, Matt, that I just <laughs> that was the, Oh, I know what that is. That was the uh, Japanese right. live-action stage production of Phoenix Wright. Uh, Heidi, do you have any more details about it? Uh, yeah, it's by the uh, Takarazuka group, who are uh, all-female. It's kind of really? their claim to fame. It's, yeah, it's actually, an all-female it, group. That is a female that's playing Miles Edgeworth. You can tell a little bit with the voice, and then when you watch the video, I just love... I found that clip because I love hearing audience interaction. Like, they're that into Miles Edgeworth because I, I obviously couldn't translate it. There's no translation. I'm just watching on YouTube. Uh, but mm-hmm. it looks like he's kind of cracked something in the case at this point uh, in the story. And the audience is really getting behind him. But I love it as a wrestling fan because it starts with glass shattering. And I'm like, what is this? Like, the Japanese Stone Cold Steve Austin entrance? Like, it's like, Shh, and then he just goes into singing. <laughs> Did he throw a wine goblet like Dracula? <laughs> That is that is kind of his whole uh, idiom, I guess. Yeah, he kind of he's, he's yeah. just that he has that goth, very line. refined villain, right? Um, right. Well, but yeah, they, his game is is kind of a departure visually, I think, more than anything else from the Phoenix Wright games. In that, like, you actually have a character walking around on screen, uh, prodding around these crime scenes. Uh, you're not doing it in first person, but it's it's also very similar to Phoenix Wright games in that, like, you're still gathering evidence you're going to trial you're just on the other side of the courtroom this time yeah you're not defending anybody you're punishing the guilty and if you miss the first game you got to miss how he met the character with the uh worst best name in video games detective dick gumshoe it shows kind of their origin story of how they met each other 
Uh, and then I, I thought you were going to say Harry Butts. You know, if something <laughs> oh. stinks, it must be the Butts. Larry oh, Butts, yeah. Larry Butts. Yeah, that's the second time I've gotten something wrong. Thank you, <laughs> Heidi. I'm glad you're here. Wither Wiki Pares. <laughs> Can we just play the, the occurrence of fair noise like in reverse now? No. <laughs> We've done that before. I don't. I don't have it though, unfortunately. Oh, oh well. Shall we move along to... Yes. Number two. If you really knew me, you'd be shaking in your boots right about now, Maverick. We new generation reploids are designed so that we can't go, Maverick, kid. That may be, but you've pulled it off somehow because what I'm staring at right now is a Maverick. This is Top Gun, of course. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to (laughs) say. Maverick. Ugh. What powers do you get from Iceman? Mm. Look, it was, it's the same <laughs> joke. Jesus. Yeah, you get geese. You shoot, you shoot a goose. Shoot geese. Fine. I'll yeah. take it. I thought it was either Fine, that or, or Sarah Palin uh, campaign rally speech. Like, I'm a maverick. Yeah. Maverick. Maverick. <laughs> so, so that was... A- this guy's a total zero. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is, of course, zero from Mega Man X. Uh, who in the game that he got of on his own was Mega Man Zero, mm-hmm. a Game Boy Advance series that had four games and then went on to be like Mega Man ZX on DS. That was, mm-hmm. I think, the offshoot. So, uh, yeah, this is kind of weird because it's from, extra weird. From, from what I understand, uh, Mega Man X Five was supposed to be the end of that series, and then kind of without. Telling Keiji Inafune or any of the the higher ups, Capcom gave the green light to uh, Mega Man X Six, which Zero ba- Zero can die at the end of X Five. I think that's like the the canon ending, and then mm-hmm. X Six. Oh, hey, we're bringing Zero back again. But the yeah. intent was X Five was going to lead into the Mega Man Zero games, and now the continuity is all messed up. But. Uh, and, uh, and now we've got <laughs> Axel. Yeah, we, we've got Axel, who nobody likes. Yeah. So wait, was was five or um, was six the game where you had to like collect Zero's parts, or was that like two or three? That, that's two. Six is okay. just bad. Six is the <laughs> polygonal one. Yuck. No, no, no. That that that's seven. Seven might actually is it? Work. I thought it was six. I always felt like they were finding new, I mean... new and creative ways <laughs> to kind of not feature Zero in the games because to be honest he was always to me like Mega Man X's like older cooler friend that had better powers mm-hmm. and so it everything was about oh Zero's gone off to explore this or Zero is he has this you know deadly virus that's affecting androids or yeah Zero is dead and he has to come back everything they could think of to get him out of the picture because otherwise people just would have wanted to play as Zero the entire time yeah I know I would have well um, and the reason is he's badass they, he had that fucking yeah. sword <laughs> I, I think they, they might have uh, spoiled some of those ambitions a little bit uh, when they gave him an uh, American voice in Mega Man X4. Who are you? My masterpiece. But who are you? After him, he is my nemesis. Our rivalry is what gets me motivation in life. Now go, destroy him. That's an order. <laughs> but wait... 
That is Zero having uh, some sort of conversation with Dr. Wily, who uh, it's yep. revealed uh, was his creator originally, sometime during the Mega Man era. Right. Yeah, that sounded like he was talking to the Emperor from Star Wars. Unlimited power. <laughs> that was really bad. It gives me... He's my rival. It gives me motivation. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the pep in my step that I need when I start my day of villainy. Yeah. <laughs> When I start a day of villainy, I like to drink Folgers. <laughs> it gives me the motivation. Uh, and that, that's, the last drop of your reach. Oh, that's awful. Just it's awful. awful. I mean, it's it's no Dr. Wowie, but it's... Uh, Dr. Wowie. It's up there, for sure. It's up there. Yeah, I never yeah. get tired of that. Um, thankfully, uh, by the time that X8 came around, they'd, they'd kind of given him a more fitting voice. He used to be a Class A hunter. But now he's our sworn enemy. He's a maverick and a wanted criminal. He's a maverick. And as a pro surfer, I know plenty I, about you know, mavericks. <laughs> by the way, so that's the second time I've heard in the background. I, I pulled some clips, Michael. I think Zero has some of the coolest background music of any character in gaming ever. Can we play one of those? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So this is from Doom E1 M1. Yeah, <laughs> he's just metal. Like uh, Zero is metal. Like I said, he's X. He's Mega Man X's cooler older friend. Um, and in fact, they play on that in the OVA. Uh, there's a scene where where Sigma uh, basically kind of goes and attacks Zero and commends him for being so awesome that he figured out his plot. But yet he's still never as awesome as Mega Man X. So they always have to like somehow say, hey, you're really cool and you're really awesome. And we acknowledge that people will love you. But you can't be quite as cool or powerful as Mega Man X. All right. Well, we've I'm got cool. a couple. I'm cool. I'm really cool. If you don't like me, you're not cool. <laughs> <laughs> Commander Sigma, headquarters told us they were having trouble contacting you. Ah, uh, yes. I had to deactivate my transmitter to maintain cover. Of course. None of that matters now. Commander Sigma! Zero! Tell me, how did you figure it out? The perpetrator was so skilled. Not many Reploids have specs that high. It wasn't hard to put two and two together. That's why I was ready for your attack just now. I congratulate you on your detective skill, Zero. But it is X who deserves my admiration. His innocence is what makes him special, you see. He's an incredible reploid specimen. Wouldn't you agree? Ew, he's talking about his innocence? <laughs> it's gross. Yeah, but uh, also, I can tell that actor is Canadian, because he said, figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will say the, the voiceover was a little bit better than X4 in that one. He, he had some emotion. Uh, that's not saying much, yeah, that's but true. yes. <laughs> that's true. No, I think we, the reason I keep saying he's so cool, though, is he had some cool, like, 90s style. He had that long blonde hair. Uh, he's got mm-hmm. the, I mentioned the sword, he got the Z-Saber, uh, he's got the Z-Buster Cannon, he's just, yeah, he's he's kind of just got more toys than Mega Man X, and, yeah. and he just seems cooler. And then Zero, the, the Mega Man Zero games are such a weird premise, like, well, first, first off, he gets completely redesigned, and there's a canonical reason for that, which is that uh, his body was uh, used to create the villain, and so he got a new, skinnier body that uh, is... 
Like, I, I don't know. There's just something almost more childlike about it. But then he wakes up, like, after a hundred years and, like, Earth has gone to shit. It's like this post-apocalyptic society where humans are hunting down uh, reploids, the, the androids, to try and solve an energy crisis. And uh, there's all these things called elves floating around. They're like programs. It's it's definitely a, a darker take on even Mega Man X, especially because uh, in the first game, Mega Man X is purportedly the villain, and you're trying to like track him down and find out like, okay, why'd you go bad? Why why? And he's like, oh, I'm just trying to hunt down all the Mavericks to save humanity. Like, nah. <laughs> Oh, and uh, Zero, now instead of his arm cannon, he has just like an Uzi. Sure. Which is a little sure. strange. So he's like the Shadow uh, the Hedgehog or, of, of the universe. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, I was going to say, you mentioned the, the redesign. So, uh, yeah, when Inafune was told he was asked to create Mega Man for the SNES, uh, he went to design this thing. Um, and However, he kind of realized the character he created, it was way too different from the Mega Man design and the old appearance. So he had to, he, he basically... Um, had to hand over that and say, okay, well, this is a different character at this point. But then he was creating the character, and he he fully intended, he's quoted as saying he's the other main character that would steal all the good scenes in the game. So even Inafune <laughs> knew that Zero was way cooler than Mega Man X. Yeah, but you don't get to play as him till later. Right. Oh, well. Uh, but at least he makes a comeback among uh, along with a bunch of other characters in Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Hey, who's the action figure? Zero? Zero. No. I am Oblivion. I am a 14-year-old <laughs> goth kid. God. All right. We all had that phase. I am darkness. We all had that phase. It's fine. Did he, was, was he wearing a trench coat in that scene by any chance? Uh, you'd think so. I am also the knight. In addition to that, the eyeliner. So are, are, are we surprised the Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite story mode was not particularly well received with things like that? Well, I think you, you beat him and then he comes back to his senses. But uh, I, I'm surprised that they used that and not the uh, the name of his clone in the game that uses his original body, which was Omega. It's like, it's so close. Why not go with Omega instead of in yeah. Oblivion? Which is the name of a different game that uh, was cherished during the early 360 era. Uh, the, tr the truly dark turn would have been if he said, and I am now called Mighty Number Nine. No! <laughs> Call me Beck. <laughs> Soyun Perdador. <laughs> like Beck. I am that a Scientologist like now. <laughs> hmm. oh, I think Beck's like a second generation Scientologist, ah, actually. Okay. Yeah. Always was. Anyway, unless anyone has anything else to say about Zero before. Uh, I just wish on. I was dead. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> There's just I too wish much attitude. I, I can't I go back to that place. And, yeah, uh. but it's still like okay when when Rocket that was Rocket Raccoon saying who's the action figure? I'm like yeah, he makes a really cool action figure. Yes, I would like a zero action he figure. Does. I'd like all the zero action figures. Hey, the sound a... of his voice and his music makes me want to start popping zits on my back and like cold calling <laughs> cold calling what? girls from my high school. Hey, what do you do? Oh, no, how about this mind. music? There it is. There it is. I feel more patriotic already. It's, it's how I know it's time for my Saturday night date. Uh, a double <laughs> shot of 
Duckman and Weird Science on USA Network. Guys, I'll be I'm right back. I gotta go do some sit-ups and push-ups. Gotta look good. <laughs> gotta hit the gym. Yeah. Gotta run a comb through my hair and flick away wads of grease. That's, by the it's way, a little, little personal Matthew anecdote. That's when I knew I was a nerd is when I realized I was listening to video game music at the gym to pump me up for oh my weightlifting. God. <laughs> Dude, I, like everyone I know does that now as an adult because everybody kind of needs to go to the gym now. Yep. It's, mo- it's, it's like the best gym music is game that, music. Oh, that and wrestling soundtracks. You want to hear some good pump you up in the gym music. Well, at least the first 30 seconds of all those songs. Get all the I WWE know I'm soundtracks. Sexy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's jump ahead to... What the hell is this nonsense? You know what it is. You know what it is, but this isn't a spinoff? Well, not this. I mean, that's just where the character originated. This is the ultimate spinoff. This is what we teased earlier, like Nintendo's the best spinoff character they've had. Yeah, hang on just a second. Sorry, I, I somehow left out the most important sound. No! 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 no. <laughs> I've been avoiding that sound for over 20 years. Why do this to me now? Yeah. <laughs> because Yoshi's Island is still one of the best spin-off it, But it's not his from first. any franchise ever. But it is not his but, first spin-off game. But, Do you but, know the first but, appearance of Yoshi in his own game? Yoshi's... Yoshi... Oh. The, the puzzle game. And then there's Yoshi's Cookie. That's, Join the I Yoshi's have, Cookie yes. League. Support esports. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> so, uh, between... This Yoshi's the Yoshi's Island series, Yoshi's Safari. This might actually be Nintendo's most spun-off side character. He's, he's kind of neck and neck with Wario. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean he has. Yeah, he's had so many. Most of them platformers, I would say. Uh, but yeah, he's mm-hmm. he, he started oddly enough with those weird puzzle games. And two of them on at the time it was on NES. It was like this weird step backwards because he'd appeared in. Well, of course you heard that first clip. That was Super Mario World. Uh, and then he went back, and there was Yoshi on NES in 92, Yoshi's Cookie in 93, and then he came back ah. with, with uh, Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island. I thought we were talking about Yoshi's Safari, the best Super Scope game of all time. <laughs> that was I mean, pretty awesome just because you got to ride on his back. Well, no, there's a Battle Clash game, so those are better. I know, wow. I know. If you, if you want to hear us talk about that, we have an episode all about weird <laughs> Nintendo peripherals. So, uh, here's a hot take of mine. Uh Uh-oh. There have been no good Yoshi games since Yoshi's Island. The original. What about Yoshi's Island DS? (laughs) No, that's not good. That game sucks. What about the the yarn one? Uh, What's it called? Okay. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) several times. Okay. It's like I have the amiibo, but I never played the game. Okay, the the yarn games... uh, I will capitulate to that. Those are a lot, a lot better, actually, than every... But for a while there, it was just like, God, all these games are just not good. Then, yeah. uh, then Whirly World, the, the the first one on Wii U, I really liked. I never really got around to playing the, the DS one, but I have... High hopes that the uh, the Switch one will be good. Unfortunately, like 
at, at this rate, uh, I don't know. I thought your hot take was going to wow. be if, if Yoshi's Island was actually a Mario game. Because isn't that the great debate? Is this a Mario game or not? Yeah, I think the original title was Yoshi's Island Super Mario World 2. As, as an right? American, the choice was made for me. <laughs> not a Mario game. I mean, but we heard the sound, which I don't. I don't know if you still have. Thank you. Thank you. It's like, it's we heard awesome. the sound. That is Baby Mario crying. I mean, Mario's riding. It's like calling she... Sonic Mania Plus a Ray the Sugar Glider game. But it's like, called Super Mario World Two. It's it's the in in Japan. <laughs> okay. As a marketing move. Now you're we're back on your end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not confusing hmm. at all. Um, but that, that just tells you how popular the character is. That. After Super yeah. Mario World, the second one, they called it. It was it was a Yoshi game, and he was that popular. Um, Yoshi is he's great. He's one of those characters. So uh, you know, I have kids, and some of the first video game characters they recognize and called by name and love. It was Mario and Yoshi. Like they, there's just something about the character. He's super friendly looking, super sweet. Just the fact that Mario can just dump him in pits and keep on walking as if nothing even happened is super tragic. And yet Yoshi comes back every single time. Let's face it, he's in an abusive relationship with Mario. Okay, okay. Well, here's here's the real question. Is Yoshi actually a horse? Mm. <laughs> Are you talking because of he the... Wa- in the beginning, it's very clearly a saddle and not a shell. Yes. Yes. But yes. I think he's slowly become more of a... Th- Less, let more than a horse, but in the beginning, fuck's sake! Like, cause I, I, I was there when Yoshi premiered. I instantly loved him. wanted wanted to see him in everything, and watch the Super Mario World cartoon every Saturday morning, and clapped my Lucky Charm stained hands together every time he came on screen and said something stupid. So I, I think <laughs> the Me definitive too. answer. I was twenty. The definitive answer is uh, Shigeru Miyamoto himself has stated. He wanted Mario to have a dinosaur companion ever since Super Mario Bros. So he's definitely not a horse, but he he was at the time a, a dinosaur that Mario rode around. But I will say he's definitely not a horse too because of all of his random powers. Like Yoshi can let's 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 just list them all. He's got his tongue, so he can eat enemies, he can lay eggs, Flutter. he's got the flutter jump, he's got the ground pound, <laughs> he he can find collectibles with his super scent, super sniffer. And then some, sometimes, like in Mario World, his powers can tie with his color. So if he's red, he can shoot fire. If he's blue, he's got wings. If he's yellow, he does dust clouds. And get in, uh, I, I want to say, no, in Sunshine, he can spit juice, the weirdest power of them all, and disgusting. And then in Galaxy, Ugh. he can glow, inflate, and has super speed. Like, this guy can do it all. And in, <laughs> in Wooly's World, he's made of wool, which is, I guess, a power in and of itself. He can crochet things. Yeah, fuck mm. Yarny. I'll say it. I'll say it. I won't be the first <laughs> to say it. Fuck Yarny. Yoshi's Woolly World eats its lunch. Huh. I need to play more of that. <laughs> How does it stack up with Kirby's Epic Yarn? Oh, God. Well, I have to admit here on the show, I'm not mm. a huge fan of Kirby games. I will say it now. They're, oh, they're the platformers that I just sort of missed. I was a little too old when they started, and they always felt like the easier baby platformers and I know I'm going to get comments on this and I'm so sorry but I haven't played that many Kirby games well how do you feel about Metal Gear (laughs) (laughs) wrong sound (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't feel strongly enough to shoot a Yoshi character to make it make sound. You should! <laughs> They're bastards! <laughs> so that was the Easter egg appearance, yes, in Metal Gear Twin Snakes mm-hmm. for the GameCube? Yes. Yes, he shows up in Otacon's lab. <laughs> Of in course. that area where you first fight the ninja and rescue Otacon, there there are like Mario and Yoshi uh, toys, and if you shoot them, they they squeak and make that. Of uh, course, Yoshi. they were in that fucking Weeb's lab. The thing they don't show is what happens mm-hmm. when you shoot his anime girlfriend pillow. Does that is that a no, thing? That was, no, I was, was joking. Joke, that he would have a pillow. Like. Oh. oh, I see. I see. <laughs> Tell me more about res- this <laughs> wife pillow. <laughs> For, for some reason, that reminds me of uh, in Metal Gear Solid 2. At the beginning, if you close yourself in that locker that has, like, the swimsuit model poster in it, and then you call Otacon, like, it uh, heavily implies that Snake is jerking it. <laughs> I, was gonna, I thought you were going to say because Otacon's such a nerd, he's like, oh, yeah, he's stuffed in a locker, huh? I've been there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he is stuffed in a locker, <laughs> yeah. and then he pees yeah. himself. There you go. Very dignified. Uh, but back to Yoshi. <laughs> Yoshi does make the cameo mm-hmm. in that game, but... Um, Yoshi, I was talking earlier, one of his earliest inspirations was from a Miyamoto design game um, called Devil World that came out in 1984. Oh, yuck. Devil really? World is a blatant, a clone. It's a blatant Pac-Man ripoff clone. The weird thing, though, is it stars this green dragon named Tamagon. Am I pronouncing that right, Heidi? I, I don't know. Anyway, um, it's this weird, but it's like Pac-Man with religious overtones in that there is crosses everywhere. You chase enemies around. If once you collect Bibles, you can burn demons. There's the devil is dancing at the top of the screen. There's skull imagery everywhere. And in fact, that's the reason it never came to North America was because of all the religious imagery, which in Japan, that's like no big deal, whatever. So it is it is Mm. weird to think that Miyamoto designed that thing. But that little green dinosaur green uh, that appeared in that game was like the early seed of, oh, this Yoshi character, which, which was the, eventually became huh. the green I dinosaur we all know and love. He became a smash trophy. Ah, also, yeah. uh, he, he, looks, he, he looks like a baby Yoshi almost in that he's sort of like if you just took like the head of Bub or Bob, the, the dinosaurs from yeah, Bubble Bubble. Yeah. Uh, slapped wings on it and put little feet on it. Then you'd have. Well, and there, that's that's. I was gonna say he looks more like Bubber Bob to me. There are similarities though in that he can he lays eggs like Yoshi, and the sound effect is even similar when he kind of breaks out of the egg. Ugh. So yeah, I mean that that character is basically all head. So thinking about where the eggs come from is kind of mm-hmm, gross. Mm-hmm. So Yoshi, I think you've played a couple of his clips though. Like another odd bit of trivia, uh, he's voiced by Kazumi Totaka who is the composer of Yoshi's story and kind of has been that signature voice that oh my for God. years. Yeah. That's that's the theme that's the oh, fucking wow, theme. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the Isn't theme that of the Yoshi ending story. music. It's Nintendo 64 music. It's perfect. Someone out there is like, give me a giant thumbs up. You guys are bored <laughs> as fuck. No, no, no. I, I know what you're trying to reference. <laughs> yeah, that one. I'm staying out of this one. Uh, the audience is so bored right now. Right? Um, I want that to be the new record scratch transition to breaks at mm. times. I just want. I just want to make it, it really known. should be in the next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe, uh, but I I do like he his most recent appearance was in uh, Super Mario Odyssey, of course, where you don't get to ride him, you get to 
possess his body <laughs> as, as if it weren't indignity enough that you'd spend all those years just using him as a double jump uh, to get yeah. over huge yeah. gaps. You, you you take over his, his body and walk around as him for a while, eating things, uh, wreaking havoc as, as Yoshi against the peaceful Goombas that hang out around the, the Mushroom Kingdom yes. castle. Well, speaking of that castle, do you mm -hmm. have that clip? I'm expecting a sound effect to play. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. But Yoshi is so cute. He's so much cuter than Wario, and that's why he gets this and Wario doesn't. Good. And Wario doesn't have... You ready for this? Yeah. Great games. WarioWare aside, not really. I was just saying the, the reason I asked you to play that clip is I just love the music because it instantly transports you back to N64 with Mario 64 days, and that level is a recreation of the, of the castle uh, overworld thing in, mm -hmm. in Mario 64, to the fact, even down to you, the way you discover Yoshi, he's on top of the castle, which was sort of an Easter egg, or a Yoshi egg, if you will, in Mario 64, mm -hmm. where he wasn't playable. Uh, but in this game, not only can you play him, like like Michael mentioned, you can be him. Wear the flesh. Become the flesh. <laughs> At least this time when he goes into a pit, he's going down with the ship. He can't just abandon him. Yeah. I, mean, I think maybe you actually, can. Actually, actually, now that you, you mention can, it, you can jump out of that bodies. is one of the strategies yeah. to get to like hard-to-reach places. Yeah, you jump out of bodies. Never mind then. Damn you, yeah. Mario. <laughs> Damn you. <laughs> Leave Yoshi alone. Yoshi, also the cool, a name of one of the coolest jazz bars in San Francisco. Or maybe former jazz bars. I think they closed is it. it. Oh, it might still be around. Oh, is it is a it? place in San Francisco? Yeah. It's closed. It's closed, right? It's yeah. closed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every place in San Francisco is closed. It's a ghost town now. We're all ghosts. <laughs> well, unless you're billionaires. I just wanted to give, uh, on 302010, we give Wario a shout out because Wario Land Shake It, one of the best looking games I've mm -hmm. uh, seen in a long time because it looks like a fucking cartoon. Remember that game? Yeah. 10 years old, uh, and it's the last Wario. There's been some WarioWare games, but no, no other real Wario games. Yeah, one of the only times outside of a Mario Party game where, like, shaking your controller was actually fun and had anything to do with gameplay. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, the game definitely got wore at its welcome very fast. <laughs> I'd love to play more of this but, game, it's, but it's, I have Carpal Tunnel. I, I also remember that game as, like, one of the endings or, like... Uh, Wario saves the princess and a big pile of treasure and he like just shoves her aside and takes all the treasure because he's a misogynist or a capitalist <laughs> he he is very much a capitalist actually he's just greedy he's basically a weird little like Rumpelstiltskin type character who uh, hoards gold and uh, doesn't really have any morality beyond that mm. yeah he, he, he's like a bad Scrooge McDuck if Scrooge McDuck didn't have morals mm -hmm. just, just the gold part yeah yeah <laughs> yeah what if, what if Mario were way fatter and had an uglier nose <laughs> and uh, a much deeper voice? And farted. I mean, yeah. we are, oh my God. We already know what that's, that's like, because that's Captain Lou Albano's portrayal of Mario in the Super yeah. Show. <laughs> and, you, and you go to hell before you die. <laughs> hey, kids, ignore the rubber band marks on my face. Oh, God. God who remembers the first Smash Brothers Brawl? Uh, it was, was, it, was Brawl the, or no, Melee was the GameCube one, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, no, then it, then I'm thinking of Brawl, the Wii one. Yeah. Uh, th- like, the first, very first trailer of that, uh, Wario has, like, an atomic fart that shows itself as light that begins in the exact location <laughs> of his asshole through his pants and then spreads out to become a mushroom cloud. This is true. It's, I remember seeing that. It's like, I can't believe Nintendo is acknowledging Wario has an anatomically correct <laughs> asshole <laughs> in a trailer. <laughs> and outside of... Uh, uh, outside of- Outside of us, the the latest Smash, Wario doesn't really fart anymore. But for like for like five years, that's all he was known for. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. like every every single like concept drawing of him is just like sitting around with his eyes rolled back in his head and picking his nose. He's a gross man. That's true. He sort of became he took over for Boogerman. If we're not going to get Boogerman sequels, mm-hmm. now we have Wario. A pick and flick. I, I did want to just cover a couple of sort of honorable mentions and think people that didn't technically make the list or maybe weren't great and good weren't good enough to make the cut. Um, so we mentioned Diddy Kong Racing earlier, and this because of a technicality, we didn't include this character. And which character would that be, Michael? That would be Conker. Yes. Although it could also technically be Banjo. Because Banjo-Kazooie got delayed until, like, 1998, and Diddy Kong Racing came out with him as a character in 1997. Yeah, which also happened with so, Conker. That game, the Conker game, was announced well before Diddy Kong Racing came out, and but his first technical mm-hmm. appearance was in that game. It's almost yes. like Rare has a pattern of doing that with those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, They're like Naughty Dog in reverse. They begin with the racing game, and then they develop the platformers yeah. out from there. Uh, we mentioned Sonic earlier to open the episode, and, and so we talked about Knuckles already. The one I really wanted to get on here because it's because of guns, uh, Shadow the Hedgehog, mm-hmm. uh, sort of would have yes. qualified, but his first appearance, he was he was like, he shared top billing with like five other characters or something, so didn't, didn't quite. Yeah. Sonic Adventure 2, uh, you could play as the good guy path and the bad guy path and in the interest of evenness so the good guy path was uh, Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles and then their equivalents that played almost exactly the same as them were uh, Shadow, Dr. Robotnik and Rouge the Bat mm. so yes he was he was a main playable character uh, just depending on which storyline so you this chose this list almost became a Capcom list because there were some a couple other examples mm-hmm. the Resident Evil series is sort of fraught with this and, and the biggest example I can think of would be Rebecca with Resident Evil Zero like Rebecca was, was sort of this tertiary character in, in, Re- in the original Resident Evil um, and then she mm-hmm. got you know Zero she, she finally kind of got her own game but I mean, that happens a lot with prequels to things. It's like, oh, we're going to explore this one side character because why not? We need to make money off this franchise. And we've already explored the, you know, Chris Redfield and all these people. So you also had uh, Final Fantasy VII spun off with Crisis Core. With was that, and, and with uh, Dirge of Cerberus with Vincent. Yeah, yes. so there's a couple. Which was a couple times there tripled it. <laughs> Ill-advised attempt to make a, a shooter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael, you you pointed out uh, GTA had a few entries with Liberty City Stories mm-hmm. did this, and then if you count DLC, The Lost and the Damned technically did this as well. Well, uh, Lost and the Damned and Ballad of Gay Tony were an interesting case in that, like, both of the main characters in that were, like, characters that appeared very briefly in the main campaign of GTA 4. And it kind of illustrated this idea that, like, the main character of GTA 4 isn't any of these characters. It's a bag of diamonds that gets tossed around between them. And then they all come together. uh, There's, like, an achievement for, for the scene where they all come together in the main game called, like, Holy Trinity. And you don't really understand why until you play the DLC, where, like, they... 
they, they like they're all competing in this heist to try and get the mm. diamonds. Mm. So you, the other games are like you're playing those moments while you're also playing through the lives of these characters. Mm. It's almost as if they had a falling out with the voice actor of the main character and somehow had to think of something to mm. have other main characters. Just saying. Well, no, you're, what are you talking about? <laughs> they always plan ah, yes, for that. Yes. <laughs> I don't. Um, so some more examples. Uh, Billy Lurk in the recent Dishonored mm-hmm. 2 spinoff, Death of the Outsider, uh, which is... It's a standalone yep. expansion. I love those, by the way. Like, it's technically sort of DLC, but you can buy it on its own and, and get just as much enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Um, Chloe Frazier from the Uncharted series, who is, of course, in Uncharted 2 and 3, and I had a huge crush on when playing through 2, yeah. uh, but she has that great smoky yes. Eartha Kitt style and she, So she got her own game with Uncharted The Lost Legacy. Um, and then mm-hmm. Gears of War Judgment was a... Everyone's favorite, <laughs> Everyone's favorite game. Well, it wasn't just Baird. I, I I learned it was Baird Cole. It you you played a different character for the different missions throughout the game, and so it would yeah. It might have made the list had it just been Baird because we were all dying to play as Baird. We know that. Yeah. Well, I got to get my uh, Simon Belmont from Captain N fix somehow. So <laughs> what me? <laughs> uh, Chris, Heidi, can you um, think of any more examples of this happening? Side characters sort of getting their own games. I mean, I, I'm I'm obsessed now with uh, uh, Ray the Flying Squirrel from Sonic Mania Plus, <laughs> and, and I was shocked to learn he was a pre-existing character. Like that shit oh, yeah. already happened. From the Sonic Arcade game. The Sega Sonic Arcade game. Ah. Uh, okay. Okay, so he had... Stork Chocolate Reason. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's the guy that was the Acrobat? Uh, he's just making... Arrow the Acrobat? I was going to say, he's no Arrow, but close enough. Yeah, the Sunsoft... Hero of Sunsoft. <laughs> Sorry, Alfred. <laughs> well, they couldn't rely on Batman games forever, I suppose. No. Sadly. But they went with the Bat theme. Hero the Acrobat. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, Heidi, anything we forgot? Uh, I mean, you mentioned Gat Out of Hell. Well, I mean, good example. Uh, yeah. God, if we want to go for, like, the most obscure shit I can possibly think of, there, it, yes, there is an old uh, Namco game called uh, Barabo Man. Uh, Bravo Man. Yes. Uh, oh, Bravo yeah, Man. Yeah, Bravo Man. It was released on TurboGrafx-16 as Bravo Man. If you've ever played it, you've probably played it. It's not a particularly uh, great game. It hasn't really held up by modern standards, but it had a bunch of really weird-ass enemies, and one of them did get his own uh, arcade game spinoff called... His name is uh, Pistol Daimyo. He is... As the title suggests, a Japanese daimyo, a feudal lord, uh, with with pistols on his body, and uh, he got his own arcade game spinoff called The Adventures of uh, Pistol Daimyo, or Pistol Daimyo no Boken. Hmm. This character is amazing. He's got, like, a, the battleship Yamato on his head, yes. and it has a gun in front. Yes. That's nuts. Yeah. And what does he have, like, uh, flipper feet that are, like, Japanese fans? Indeed. Oh, this man. is, uh... Yeah, I can see why they'd see that and, like, yes, this guy needs his this own This guy game. needs his own video game. Uh-huh. Good oh, lord. Oh, and, That's uh... Ridiculous. God. Uh, Fighter's History, that series that um... perhaps most people know as, uh, being the game that got Data East sued by Capcom, but is actually, mm-hmm. like, a, a pretty damn solid fighting game. Um... 
one of the characters, uh, the the quote-unquote Ryu type in the game, Mizoguchi, got his own game for the uh, Super Famicom. Hmm. Oh, really? And Mizoguchi is a really funny guy. He's not like uh, a Ryu style of character, you know, stoic martial artist who only lives for the fight. He's based on mm-hmm. like the hot-blooded shonen manga characters. The guys, from... ah. he he just is a real goofball type. He's a really fun character, and it isn't the same game as the Fighter's History port we got here in the States on the Super NES. It's uh, something of a different title, and uh, also Atomic Runner Cheldov makes an appearance in it. Ah, yeah. So, yeah, I thought for a second you were going to say Karnov, because he's the boss in the uh, Fighter's History and Karnov's Revenge. Well, Karnov appears in everything by by Data East in a certain time period. Ah, that's true. That's true. He was in Bad Dudes of all things. Yes. And he was sort of like a proto-Wario, too, in that like he wasn't out to save or help anybody. He was just looking for treasure. Pretty much. So it, it kind of sets him up a little better as a bad guy later mm. on. I th- when you went fighting game, I immediately thought of um, Sub-Zero with the Mortal Kombat ah, mythologies. Yes. Although he wasn't a... I mean, I wouldn't have called him a side character in Mortal Kombat. If anything, he's one of the probably two or three main mascots, him, Scorpion, and Liu Kang. So. Yeah. I feel like there were several games like that, and like, well, I, arguably all of those could be said to be main characters in some way. Maybe not special forces. I mean, Jax and Sonya were important, but they weren't like main main yeah. characters. But like Sub Zero, the Shaolin Monks game, which was I think the first one to be really actually mm-hmm. good, and it was just like a, a God of War clone beat 'em up. Uh, but yeah, if you, if you play one of those, only play yeah. Shaolin Monks. The rest are. Fighting Missable. games, I feel like, are rife with with at least like kind of like guest character appearances. At least going across fighting games or uh, Final Fight with characters appearing in Street Fighter, and and so that like yeah, there there's a lot of crossover there, but not not necessarily the what we're talking about here of just a side character then just getting their own series or own game. All right, well that's been our top five. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and uh, then we're gonna come back with the community segment, uh, a new question of the week, and your answers to the last one. So stay tuned. I just found this baby wrapped up outside my door, a tasty little snack for any dinosaur. But I just finished breakfast. I'm full up to my head, so I'll give him to Yellow instead. You know, he's sort of cute, the sweet little niblet, he'll make a tasty stew. Don't want to cook and serve up a kid, but hey, that's what Yoshi's do. He's all alone without a friend, but he's taking it on the chin. Anyway, hey, yellow, I brought you some din-din. This week on Laser Time, the Internet's seventh leading pop culture podcast, the gang is tackling a brand new topic. <laughs> going on with a yo-yo because it automatically retracted. Yeah. You'd throw it out and just automatically pull back. The, the yo-yo ball, this is what the commercial sounded like. Yo! Yo! Yo-yo ball! It's so much fun and easy to do. Go wherever it goes. It comes back to you and you never have to whine it. You can do it all. Hey man, it's a yo-yo ball. So I personally hit myself in the face of the yo-yo ball like 900,000 <laughs> times because it, like, it really does retract back to you no matter what like force you think you're using we were little kids in the uh, 80s and 90s fucking 1950 songs were used to advertise everything to us huh. yeah. and all the time like hey, oh, doo-wop it's the big bopper <laughs> for, for, for the game sorry and like I saw I was watching cartoons and like there's a new modern yo-yo ball commercial they didn't change the lyrics what uh, but they added a modern sound 
it's made by Childish Gambino. It's a yo-yo ball. It's so much fun and easy to do. Around it goes, it comes back to you. And you never have to wind it, you can do it all. Everybody, it's a yo-yo ball. Sam was wondering if it's real. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely real. Well, wow. it, it seems hard to believe, like, in, you know, this, like, electronic age, like, somebody, like, marketing something like that. I have a kid, like, sometimes, like... The simplest thing, like, that's fucking fun. If I bought him a yo-yo, he'd look at me like I was an <laughs> asshole. Like, <laughs> I bought him a yo-yo. That's Laser Time. New every Monday on LazerTimePodcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back to our wonderful and talented final segment, which is, of course, the community segment. Which, once again, is segmenting our community. I don't think we drive that point home enough. Uh, not enough communities are segmented, but ours is pushing that forward. I've really belabored the joke here. Last week's question <laughs> of the week, as you might remember, was, what's your favorite pinball game of all time? Uh, Heidi, you weren't here last week. Did you have an answer? So, there are a lot of good pinball tables out there that I really like. But if you're asking... What's your favorite pinball table? Oh, no. um, I can tell you about one I like for all the wrong reasons, and my boyfriend is behind me yelling at me because he, he knows exactly what mm-hmm. this is. So uh, there is this table called Class of 1812. It's like okay. this weird uh, high school reunion slash Halloween theme table where you're trying to revive all these people, I guess, who died in the mid-19th century, hence why it's called Class of 1812. We're going to a class oh, reunion! Okay. <laughs> and it's it's about as 90s a table as you can get. Like, you'll, you'll hit targets and you'll revive the characters and they'll do a rap introducing themselves. That's really... <laughs> oh, that, that's just amazing. But the kicker is that multi-ball on this table is really easy to get. And it plays the most amazing, irritating music whenever multi-ball happens. Actually, Michael, can you go to, like, YouTube or something and just type in Class of 1812 multi-ball for me? Wait, can I guess how it sounds? You said annoying 90s music, so... My name is Archibald, I'm here to say you just got multi-ball in a major way! No? Uh, you're actually way off. <laughs> Damn it! it it's... <laughs> Miraculously. When you said, actually, I assumed you I, I was I was hoping I was very close. <laughs> Alright, here we go. Multiball music. Wait for it. It's 1812 Overture. But, but... <laughs> <laughs> And this just keeps going. <laughs> Why? Uh-oh. Was that Alfred Chicken? Did he? Uh-oh. Was it Alfred Chicken? <laughs> Son of a bitch! <laughs> Alfred, he won't leave us alone. The multi-ball watering cans. Uh, I have my new ringtone. This is fantastic. <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like a Muppet sketch with Gonzo and the chickens. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, but I'm I'm looking at pictures of this table right now, and it's like, oh my, this is like tortured horror <laughs> puns. Like, yep. uh, you got a, a Dracula-looking guy named Belly Lugosi, <laughs> because yeah, you know the yeah, the Belly yeah. Lugosi wasn't enough of we a pun you. to begin with. Uh, a mummy named Mumsy-in-law, yep. mm. uh, Peter Piecemeal, mm. 
Vamp the Trump? Uh-oh. What? <laughs> no, I'm sad again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it brought down the mood. Um, and there's like a big severed hand at the back of the... It's one of the toys. All right, there's a, there's a chattering mouth that talks to you. Ah, yes. It's the severed hand Cousin Fling, not Cousin Thing. <laughs> Uh, not th- ah yes. Or not, it was it was cousin it and just and, thing, right? I don't know. Someone help me out. Yeah. And there's what looks like Grandpa Munster, uh, and like a door on the back. Wow. This I'm, is, I'm guessing this is they were something. clearly going after yeah, the Adams it, family it, table. Or uh, this to, actually yeah. released before Adams family. What? Yes. Wow. So uh, yeah, this table is not good, but there's just something... <laughs> but it's still so Yes, it is, it is absolutely fascinating and terrible, and I love it. I can't blame you. With that song, uh, that is... Mm. Uh. Alright, well, we've got some answers from the community. Uh, beginning with Argyle Ramesses, Ramesses, who says, Black Hole, cool sci-fi theme, and it has a neat gimmick where there's another playfield beneath the main one. Mm. Fun to play, and the different levels provide multiple challenges. Also, anyone in the southeast should go to Asheville, North Carolina to the Pinball Museum downtown. Great variety of machines with lots of history and unlimited play with the entry Mm. fee. Plus, lots of great local beer. Another... Uh, Giant Robots Conquer the World says, my favorite real pinball table is... The Monster Bash. Uh, the theming mm. of the table centers on putting together a rock band made up of classic Universal monsters, aka the original, uh, the original Avengers, uh, yes. and playing a concert. Recruiting the monsters is done by activating time modes, hit a drop ramp loop x number of times before the timer runs out. Starting a mode recruits the monster, while completing it gets the instrument. This allows a great sense of accomplishment while learning the game. Sure, past me couldn't get all the instruments, but she could get all all the band or get to the concert, and uh, that made me want to keep playing, as the kids say these days, get good. Uh, the toys, art, sounds, automatic flipper bonus, the phantom flip, combined to make this my favorite pinball table. And the last comment from the comment section under episode number 272 on Vigigame Apocalypse comes from Little Deuce Deuce, huh? uh, who says, As a kid, I loved Terminator 2 pinball because it was super flashy with lots of voice samples. They had one at my local video place, and my dad would always play T2 while my brother and I picked out a game to rent. I remember one time when he played for at least 30 minutes on a single course while my brother and I stood there cheering him on. It was a weirdly wholesome family moment. Agreed, weirdly wholesome. The machine that has a gun plunger uh, and plays Guns N' Roses. Hey, that's that's a sweet family moment. Juan Ramon Umania says, The TMNT 80s movie pinball. I distinctly remember playing this a lot because back then you could see some movie turtle figures inside the machine standing in the tunnels and ramps. I love those figures and legit spent time looking at them inside the machine and thinking you could actually win them if you won the pinball. Spoilers, it never happened. Hmm. Aww. I don't think I've ever seen that cabinet. Yeah, me neither. It's like, are you sure this wasn't a dream you had? (laughs) (laughs) They're all in Ernie Reyes Maybe it was next to the the Shazam machine (laughs) with... uh, With, with, um... What's his face? Oh, Sinbad. Sinbad. Sinbad, yes. No, yeah, I, I think they're all in Ernie Reyes Jr.'s uh, basement. He's just collected all those machines and hiding them away. Mm. Um, yeah. Brenton Barnes says, I've personally played a lot of pinball over the course of my life, so it's hard to narrow down just one. But it's got to be Terminator 2 Judgment Day. I'm sure there are more noteworthy tables, but this table feels like an ideal sum of its parts. The theming goes without saying. It's an A-plus from art to sound. 
but how it plays in terms of challenge, it's tough, but it's fair. I've played this physically and digitally. Any reason you lose the ball is your fault. You have to take your time. Accuracy is everything on this table. If you're patient, you can learn the ins and outs of this table and realize how much force you need to get what you need. But even if you mess it up, it's encouraging by design. I'll gladly shove more quarters into this machine any day to show it who's boss, <laughs> but I'm just as content to play it on the pinball arcade. Mm. Uh, I'm Justin D. Cole says, I'm not very good at it, but a local arcade bar has a couple tables like T2, Twilight Zone, and the new Star Trek one. My favorite my favorite by far, though, is Bride of Pinbot. It hardly ever gets played, and it needs some work, but it's my favorite table there. I can picture my dad and his buddies wigging out on it in the 80s when you drop the ball in the bot's mouth, and she says, I have a voice now. Also, the uh, Soriyama-style robot looks uh, looks are great. Ah. Mm. Uh, Jordan Lurie says, The Star Wars pinball machine at my parents' house, humble brag, we had growing up was so perfect. You could shoot the ball into the Death Star. You could make R2-D2 freak out, and if you waited long enough on the start LCD screen, Rocky and Bullwinkle would tell you not to drink and drive. <laughs> Gee, Bullwinkle, uh, should we drink and drive? No, Rocky. Uh, hey, baby. <laughs> oh, wait, you do it. You do a better bowling. Uh, no, Rocky. <laughs> uh, that was, was that bowling? I don't remember. He's not as happy. Uh, yeah. He's There's some melancholy to bowling. Well, he is a moose. There's pain behind those antlers. <laughs> Hey, Rocky, watch me pull a fist of vodka out of my hat. That's Bullwinkle. Hey, Rocky, uh, this is Moose (laughs) You. Yeah. Hey, Rocky, now that you're in the air, can you tell me how you get out of bed every day? (laughs) (laughs) Can you run to the local pharmacy? I need some help with my prescription with the special things. Cut that out. Hey, Rocky, should I talk about my depression on the internet? Hmm. Okay. <laughs> we beat that. <laughs> Gee, Bullwinkle, your girlfriend looked re- much better without skin. Okay. <laughs> what? Uh, wait, wait, what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> we have gone just totally off. I meant to here. say wouldn't. <laughs> the opposite of what I said. <laughs> Dating this show. Carl Schofield says, when I was about 13, my parents used to make me go with my sisters on their dates oh as a chaperone. How old were your sisters? <laughs> uh, Are you gay now? <laughs> <laughs> to keep me out of their hair, my oldest sister's boyfriend would give me a roll of quarters at the local pen- pool hall, and I spent the whole date playing Jurassic Park. I got so good at it that if I only end up spending about five bucks a night and pocketing the rest. A few months of this, and I bought myself an SNES. Fuck. Fucking <laughs> love this pinball table. I respect the fact that you could you had money left over from pinball which was notoriously hard to do and that you were able to save up to mm-hmm. buy an SNES so good job to you <laughs> yeah if it were me that would have bought, a, bought him about like 10 minutes of silence and I would have wandered back like can I have more money yeah. so by the way those last few comments were from the official laser time Facebook community uh, responses there mm. which after this episode goes live I will post an official kind of answer thread for question of the week and uh, the next ones are from Twitter uh, at VG Apocalypse. Milk Toasted says, I have an asinine fondness for the Apollo 13 table due to its excessive 13 ball multiball. Aside from that, suck the major ass. Uh, <laughs> speaking for myself, ball. can confirm. <laughs> 13 balls? Yeah. 13 is that, balls. Is that, is that a record? That's how many balls Tom Hanks has. <laughs> <That's, laughs> uh, Houston, we... That's why he agreed to do Apollo 13. It's like, well, that's what I call my dick, so... <laughs> I thought it was about Houston, me. we have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. A medical problem. 
Why, no, I'm not here to play marbles. <laughs> um, <laughs> Logical Dojo says, Mine is the first I really learned, Theater of Magic. Uh, a local watering hole of mine had one set up right near the bar, and a friend of mine pumped so many quarters in it into Tom, as we called it. Uh, the night I finally hit the high score seemed far more intense than it really was. As a shout-out to Dr. Dude, a time capsule <laughs> of the very early 90s that lived at the pizza place, that was my first job. Yeah, Dr. Mm. Dude is... Uh, if you haven't seen that table, I suggest <laughs> looking it up. Uh, there's a collector around here that actually has one of those, and I know another arcade around here that has one of those, so weirdly, there are a fair few Dr. Dudes in mm. Portland. Mm. There's a sequel called Party Zone, and it is like peak pinball dad, <laughs> bad shit. humor. He looks like he looks like the Burger King kid's dad. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. You don't say a guy named Dr. Dude has that 90s vibe, huh? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and it, have, it's guess. got it's got so much text on the machine that looks like, you know, one of those conspiracy theorists just, like, replaced the the blacklight and wrote down, like, you know, wh- wh- who they thought did 9-11 and something about the lizard people and that, but, yeah. Yeah, you, he's also sporting a pompadour with a rat tail, so you, you know he's a Jedi. Dr. Dude and his excellent ray. You mentioned Oblivion would have been your name when you were 14. Dr. Dude would have been my alter ego name when I was 14. (laughs) Hello, ladies. Uh, At Uh, Finally, Voss451 says, I'd say it's the Bally Star Trek table. I was attending college and they had it in the cafeteria and you could win a free play by hitting 10,000 points. One quarter would last 20 minutes. Easy. That's pretty nuts. Finally, we have a video answer from Tranquil Bez. Take it away, Tranquil. Hey, VGA. It's uh, number one Australian listener here, Tranquil Bez 22 here. Back for a question, another question of the week. And it's about pinball, which is weird. Not really a game, is it? But you'd think someone my age, who's as old as the original PlayStation, would not have played a pinball machine ever. And you'd be wrong. Um, so I'm currently at my university, which has a bar, like most unis do. Um, one of them had a couple of arcade games in there. One of them, one of them, one of them, bleh, fucking hell, is a big buck hunter. Of course. The other one is a pinball machine, and of course, knowing Matt knows me very well from the rest time group, it's a, it's a uh, WWE one. <laughs> now, it's not one of the retro, not, or number ones of Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant and all the old, the older guys. It's a new, newer, semi-new, 2014, new one. Uh, it's it's great, it's fun. Uh, and the downside is that uh, Jerry Lawler is a commentator and will just make shitty jokes when you fuck up. Because that's true. That's what Lawler does, or he's a piece of shit. So, uh, <laughs> you guys all have a good week, and I'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> I like the near level of shame that he had in his voice when he said the WWE <laughs> And it's a 2014 <laughs> WWE, so not even that. That's not like Attitude Era. That's just, yeah, that's that's kind of... And at that point, Jerry Lawler was... He was sort of well past his prime of, of doing those jokes. So I can mm. only imagine, yeah, the jokes he made about pinballs and puppies and, yeah. Uh, if, the, if the machine... That man worked with Andy Kaufman. <laughs> you show some respect. If the machine doesn't just say, what? Every time you do something wrong, I I don't know what to believe in anymore. Um, yes. 
All right. Well, that's been our community segment. Thanks to everyone who participated with answers. Uh, we have a new question of the week oh for our, for y'all to mull over. What is a side character that you would like to see get their own game next? Um, I don't really have an answer yet, so someone else go. I barely do either, but I haven't played Overwatch in a year. But that little fucking hamster made me wanna. <laughs> so anything that guy does, I'll be there. That's pretty solid. <laughs> what what would your ideal Hammond game be? Um, shit, probably a monkey ball clone. <laughs> hmm. Um, so mine. I know that this that people hate this character, and this isn't a joke answer. I'm being serious. I think Waluigi is well overdue for some sort of game. Like he is. It's just, it's sort of sad that he gets overlooked so often with so many things. And I know, I get it, folks. You think he's annoying. But can you imagine, picture this, a Splatoon-like game with you playing as Waluigi where you have to shoot something out of squirt gun, something nasty, like something bad smelling, whatever. Just throw in your your wah fantasy there. But up against other creatures. I think that kind of fits the character. I've always wanted, I, I have just have extreme curiosity, like, what ticks? What what keeps Waluigi ticking? Like what is and what is his origin story other than just being another Wa thing? Is he is he Wario's brother? Is he just his good friend that copies him? I don't know, and I sort of want to know, and I re- wish Nintendo would just give us more of that character. And again, this is not a joke. I'm legit curious. I, I think it's a part of his origin story that's going to fuck him is that he wasn't created by Nintendo, therefore they hate him. Ah, makes sense. Makes sense. I didn't. I didn't realize that part. I don't. I don't know that for. I just. He wasn't he one of the a Camelot creation for fucking Mario Tennis. Uh, yeah, no, he that was. could be. And and so like, yeah, he super lame. It's the stupidest thing in the world. But like, if you last twenty years, yeah. the world kind of comes around to you. And I don't think Nintendo understands that. Like, doesn't this character suck? We're embarrassed. It's here. Nah, uh, people have grown up with him now. What are you going to yeah. do? <laughs> I also have to say, the only time I've been to a Hood Slam show, Dan Reichert was there dressed as Waluigi uh, and spat whiskey on me in the audience. So that was uh, maybe I have some weird associations with that, and, and that's why I'm thinking of the Waluigi would, would be any oh, sort of damn. character to do anything with. Uh, I'm just going to say I'd like to see Guile get his own Mortal Kombat-style offshoot game like Special Forces or Sub-Zero. And I want it to explore the origins of what the fuck happened to his eyebrows. Because as (laughs) it's been pointed out by by more talented people than me, uh, Guile has no eyebrows. And I never noticed that until it was pointed out. You're going to talk about his eyebrows and uh, not his hair? Like, how do you get your hair like that? I really want to know. By imitating JoJo's Bizarre Adventure (laughs) characters would be my guess. Yep. Yeah. He doesn't need eyebrows when he has that kick-ass Cro-Magnon brow. He doesn't need to blink in the That's rain. That's true. <laughs> I don't need hair to highlight the fact that my my brows are fucking true. huge. It could so. be that he mm-hmm. he musters up sonic forces for Sonic Boom. Maybe the Sonic Boom has, has just gradually worn his eyebrows away, just the sheer force of it. Yeah, maybe that's... yeah. It's not having eyebrows is the source of his power. <laughs> He's it. like a... I just, I just want that question a explored. A very specific kind of reverse Samson, if you will. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to bring the microphone close to my face here okay. for, okay. for okay. emphasis. Sure, sure. Hi, Sega. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Sega, where is my game starring Vanessa from Virtua Fighter, huh? <laughs> I... You could have done this the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> 
Sega, Sega, please. I know. I've seen the design documents you had for Virtua Cop 3, where you had the uh, concept sketches of her in the game. But she wasn't in the game, Sega. Sega. Sega, you won't even give me Virtua Fighter 6. What the hell? Sega. Oh, no. Sega, you're breaking my... Virtua Fighter 6? Virtua Fighter 6 hasn't been announced yet. Oh. So, so now well, I'm, embarrassing. Just, I'm just sitting here being extremely sad and attempting to threaten Sega kind of like this. So, yeah. yeah that's pretty threatening. <laughs> I know I'm threatened right now. Oh, dear. <laughs> All right, so what's the side character that you'd like to see get their own game? And for bonus points and extra readability, uh, tell us a little bit about what you think it should be. Uh, let us know by going to vidgamapocalypse.com and answering under the comments for episode 273 or go to the official Laser Time community on Facebook. Uh, answer the thread that Matt will start there or hit us up on Twitter at VG Apocalypse and let us know. Uh, and you know, why not follow at VG Apocalypse while, while you're there and uh, let us think that we have a fan base. I know it's a cruel joke to play on us, but... but uh, <laughs> we appreciate it just the same. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that's been our show. Let's go out with some plugs. Uh, Heidi, you're the guest. Uh, other than the Sonic the Hedgehog review, what, or Sonic Mania review, uh, where can people see your stuff? Um, I have a weekly column on Anime News Network about uh, video games. It goes live every Thursday, so check that out. You can also check out uh, my personal site at www.gaming.moe that's .moe so uh, check it out if you want to read uh, things about the obscure Japanese games I tend to like alright uh, yeah Chris? baby um, what I really want to plug is uh, obviously patreon.com slash laser time it's how we're all supported and keep doing this but um, this week bonus time is free for all so you can go there and listen to me and Matt rattle down what uh, the new updates are as well as just basically a free episode of Bonus Time where we're talking about uh, Jesus, two of my favorite things that weekend, the Sasha Baron Cohen show, Who is America? And uh, Sorry <laughs> to Bother You, a movie I really, really loved. Hmm. I, I love the uh, the Israeli character that he, he's developed. Yeah, I mean, I really want to see more of what's coming out from that redneck who runs truthbrary.com. Dot org. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's yeah. my spirit animal right now. Uh, Matt, anything to plug? Well, yeah, I just want to mention that with the Patreon relaunch at patreon.com slash laser time, uh, one of the goals, if we, we're getting near the $9,500 mark, but we need your help to get above that because at that level, you unlock two and perhaps even three all new VGA related shows. And so we are going to be doing kind of a uh, a bonus VGA that we're calling uh, post-apocalypse, uh, which will be kind of a well, Michael, you, I, I might let you break down the exact details of that. Um, we want to do more of the spoiler cast, like Michael and I did for God of War, where we really do a deep dive on a game, talk about its plot, mm -hmm. uh, everything involved with that game. And then Michael had a great idea for a third show that's sort of game adjacent, if you will. Uh, Michael, ah, yes. Well, uh. It occurred to me that some of you out there might be interested to hear us play Dungeons and Dragons, and or or a similar tabletop game, maybe Shadowrun, maybe yes, Cyberpunk. Yes, yes, I don't yes. know, uh, but. If that is something that interests you, please sign up for the Patreon and and kick in some money. And uh, do we have a tier for that yet? Like a goal that we can yeah, hit before it's we do it? the next goal. It's the next goal we got to hit. Okay. So the 9,500 yeah. goal. We'll, we'll start playing Dungeons & Dragons. The kicker is 
Uh, except for Matt, like, none of us would really know what we're doing. Uh, Chris has never played <laughs> D&D. I haven't played it in 20 years. But Diana we might, might be, be able to get Diana into <laughs> yeah. it, and she's certainly never played. Um, but, uh, yeah, if that's something that would interest you, uh, by all means, let us know and vote with your dollars. <laughs> Absolutely. But, by the way, I am not DMing, even though I might be the only one who knows the, the current mm. edition rules. Not not <laughs> it for DMing. <laughs> ah, damn. Well, maybe. I don't know. If you ask nicely. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure something out. Anyway. Uh, that's been our show. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse or me personally at Wikiparas. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. There right, was right. an extra case, but it didn't really have anything to do with it. Oh. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> Speaking of not though. having anything to do with it. I, I started to type something, but didn't hadn't switched the keyboard over to the right computer. <laughs>